You're listening to From Here with Delia and Dawn. Hey, Dawn, how's it going? Hey there. Hey, did you see that recent thing about Sesame Street? Oh my gosh, I've been seeing it like all day, like this new character. Yeah, it's super cool, right? Yeah. So from what I gather, right, this is what, the first Asian American Muppet? Yep. Is that right? Really? There's never been any other Asian American Muppet on Sesame Street? I I mean, I don't know. You like look at Bert and Ernie and they're like orange and yellow. I I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't like fully like. (laughs) I I don't know why. I just thought that there was another. Wait. You just messed me up right there. They're orange and yellow. <laughs> right? I mean, aren't they? I'm pretty sure, right? Wait, Bird you is- saying, you're saying they're Asian? No, no, no. I'm just saying like like Bert is like for real like yellow, like a yellow crayon. And Ernie is like orange, <laughs> like an orange crayon. Like no race, just like actual <sighs> colors, right? <clears throat> so what what race or ethnic identity do you think Bert and Ernie are? I have no idea. I just <laughs> thought they were Muppets. <laughs> okay, so if you were to guess, or maybe if you were to ascribe a racial or ethnic identity to them, what would it be? Dude, you can't do that. You have to ask them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. So good. Oh, my gosh. And that is why we podcast together, okay? <laughs> I think they do wear slippers in the house, though, so... Mm. I don't know. They don't have feet. Do they even have feet? I don't even know. (laughs) Okay. Okay. But for, I mean. (laughs) Let's let's focus here. Okay. Let's focus. Let's focus. Okay. So this first ever Asian American Muppet in all, in like Sesame Street has been on for 50 years. Okay. That is like longer than I've been alive, (laughs) which number one is amazing. Okay. But number two, 50 years and there's never been a permanent Asian American Muppet on Sesame Street. Now, mind you, there have been Asian American people, like human Mm -hmm. beings. Mm -hmm. Okay. And there recently have been kind of Asian American storylines okay but never a permanent asian american muppet so and okay so let's talk about let's talk about this muppet so this muppet's name is jiung mm-hmm. she's a and i love how there's like all these details she's korean american a seven-year-old who loves to play electric guitar and skateboard now if we return to the original question of what <laughs> race and ethnicity are Bert and Ernie, I'm like, we know a lot about Ji Young, and she she hasn't even premiered yet. Okay, I, yeah. I think I think she's gonna come on on Thanksgiving, the episode yeah. that's on Thanksgiving, right? What do you think about all this? I think I think it's cool. I think I don't know. I guess I feel a little like. It's it is cool, but I'm like I don't think it does. Ev- I don't think it does everything. You know, wait, I think. Wait, what does that mean? I mean, like having like one Asian American Muppet. I mean, she's sort of the token, right? <laughs> like, 
well as some people would point out is better than nothing, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's I think it's certainly like better than Which by the way is like the most annoying thing that people say. Okay. But (laughs) (laughs) But I mean just sort of like I mean I think I think it's like I think for me part of it is like she she can't exist like in a vacuum, right? Like part Mm -hmm. of like telling for me at least like the way I see it is like telling like an Asian American story. Mm-hmm. And and I think some of this, I think we'll have to see, you know, how the like episode plays out, but it's like, there's like community and like family and like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think I, I am, I'm imagining that like some of her tradition, you know, traditions associated, you know, with being Korean American will come out, but, you know, hopefully there's like some family involved, you know, because you don't, a lot of like traditions you don't do by yourself, right? These are like family things. So I hope there's like more, you know, I guess sort of that there's, it'll mm-hmm. have to be seen sort of how all of that plays out. But I mm-hmm. think, I think for me, a lot more of it is around like the storytelling, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Besides just having one character, you know, like showing day-to-day life or, you know, the stories of like her family or like the conflicts they go through or the conflicts or, you know, things that she encounters, like mm-hmm. there's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, according to this New York Times article that I'm looking at right here, <clears throat> quote, Ji Young won't be, won't just be sharing her love for rock music and tteokbokki or Korean <laughs> rice cakes on the show. She will also play a role in countering anti-Asian bias and harassment at a time of heightened awareness around the issue. So I think it's a really interesting point that you make because many of the cultural pieces, right, are not um, celebrated alone. Mm -hmm. And I'm very curious how they're going to tackle this situation of anti-Asian bias and harassment because I think that those types of situations in the Asian American, in Asian American communities are also not dealt with alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's I know like what I, I, I'm, I'm like, I don't know what everyone else is doing on Thanksgiving, but this is what I'm going to be doing on Thanksgiving. Okay. I'm going to be watching Sesame street. I have not watched Sesame <laughs> street in a really long time. My kid is 13. Now we have not watched Sesame street in a really long time. Are you going to be tuning into Sesame street? Uh, so fun fact, uh, my kids have never watched Sesame Street. (laughs) You have to be kidding me. I swear, every time I do a podcast episode with you, I learn something new about you. Never, ever? Mm, Not that I know of. Wait, did they get any, like, Sesame Street gifts or books and stuff like that at all? Nope. How is that possible? Hey, we're just, like... We don't do. We're not into it. We don't. Yeah, I, I think there, there are points where I feel like they're a little like culturally deprived, but like, yeah, they just don't. They're just we're just like we just don't do it, you know. So I think that's sort of like the other piece where it's like, well, instead of like aching for like one character on one TV show, mm-hmm. you know, we have like a library with like a gazillion books, like to showcase many different stories. Some of them like are about Mm -hmm. people that look like them. Like some of them are about people that don't. And so we Mm -hmm. just lean into all those instead. Okay. I want to hear more about this. But before that, right. I think, (laughs) I think it's, it's important to note and you and I kind of talk, we talk about this actually quite a bit. And I'm actually 
surprises is our first and 40 something episodes of the first time talking about representation and why representation matters, right? Is that, you know, there's concerted effort, I think, on both of our parts, right, to address the issue of representation in terms of how important it is for our kids to see characters, actors, actresses, um, you know, animated characters who look like them, sound like them, have contexts like them. Yeah. Or don't well. too. Like right. Or yeah. don't, exactly. Or don't. Right. And so how have you and your partner approached this issue of like how do you, number one, how do you think about it? And then number two, how have you approached it in terms of raising raising your kids? Like rep- just representation. Yeah, representation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think like I think there's like a lot of like work that goes into it mm-hmm. right like where we're constantly like looking for like books and like things like media for for them that will sort of tell the stories that we want you know them to see and and hear and be a part of um and so i think that's been like super intentional and like super time consuming right to like find mm-hmm. all of these things my daughter who's a junior she told me this year that she did not know that people of color were not well represented in literature. So how did that come up? Uh, in like her English class, like they were talking. Uh-huh. What did they? What did they read? They were reading Wait. "Everything I Never Told You" by Celeste Ng. Oh my gosh! Wow, that's amazing. And my daughter, like, said she said like I didn't know that like Asian Americans like weren't well represented in literature because that's not my experience like because she has like a lot of books by asian americans by and about so she was just like i didn't know (laughs) you know and i'm like okay i guess i did a really good job like curating your books but yep they're not really represented very widely i wonder if i mean i wonder if there's this effect then with her in terms of like the 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 worldview that you've helped shape for her, right? And the actual the actuality, yeah, right. That there really isn't as much as much representation as you as you've grown up with. Like, how do you help? How are you helping her reconcile with that? Yeah, I don't know. Now, now it's all on her. I like, <laughs> worked really hard for seventeen I did years. It, that's, that's it. <laughs> She's got to figure it out, right? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think it's like an interesting, like, question, right? Because even like my nine-year-old, you know, he was like, he, they had to fill out a, a survey at school about like connectedness and belonging. And I asked him, I said, "Well, did they ask you about?" You know, he's in third grade, and I said, "Did they ask you about, like about your race?" You know, before they ask about, you know, how connected you feel, do you feel like you belong? And he looked at me and he was just like, mommy, like most third graders, like don't even know what race is. (laughs) (laughs) But answer the question. Did they ask you about your race? (laughs) And he's like, no, they didn't. Like people don't know how to answer that, mommy. Yeah. You know, but I'm like, but he, I mean, he knows and like he's read tons of things that reflect Asian and Asian American stories and mythology and, uh, you know, tons of other, you know, perspectives, you know, books by people of color. But I, you know, I was thinking about it and, you know, he's read way more books by people of color than 
by white authors. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think he's making sense of it in a different way on his Mm -hmm. own, but it's very, yeah, I don't know. I wonder, you know, especially like thinking about media where it's like, well, if you don't watch any TV, like you're not going to get any of this information Mm -hmm. about representation or see, you're not going to see yourself and you're not going to not see yourself, but yeah, Yeah. we'll see how it all goes. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, and I think sometimes people, you know, regarding this topic of representation, they're like, what does it really matter at this point? Because I saw some, some um, data around how this generation, I mean, in terms of like your kids that are going through um, high school or your kid that's going through high school right now, right? Because there is much easier access to through social media, through Mm -hmm. internet, et cetera, right? Of stories of content created by people of color. There's this kind of, uh, I don't know if it's false, but this illusion of diversity that they Mm. can easily access and surround themselves with, which makes them feel like, right? Mm -hmm. There's actually more diversity in terms of race and ethnicity around them that there might actually be, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so that sense of, you know, I'm the only one or, or that sense of, right, there's not a lot of diversity, right? It's not as prevalent Mm -hmm. for this generation of kids in high school age kids, right? And, but, you know, but we still have to talk about why representation still matters, right? Because even though, you know, you've done such a great job at, you know, curating, and we'll talk about, you know, what went into that in a second, right? There still is this reality that in, in, if you were not there, mm-hmm. right, if we were not there to curate and expose our kids to these types of stories and characters, right? They wouldn't get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they wouldn't get that at all. Right? Yeah, because I saw also like some that was like another stat that I saw, um, and I happened to be looking at this other the other day, right? So this organization um, called Launch L A A U N C H, and then listeners will put it in the in the show notes, right? Um, if you want to look at this really interesting report. Um, Launch stands for Leading Asian Americans to Unite for Change. And they're a nonprofit organization, uh, quote, that aims to create a better future for Asian Americans via innovative research, impact programs, impactful programs, and our entrepreneurial spirit, right? And so they did a survey trying to understand, um, let's see, wait, what was the purpose of the survey? (laughs) Uh, or here american attitudes towards asian americans okay and uh this report is fairly recent may 2021 but what i found most fascinating about this report which kind of connects to you know what we're talking about in terms of representation is that one of the questions that they asked right and i promise this i'll bring it back (laughs) around right is where do you get most of your perceptions or knowledge about Asian Americans? All right. Where do you get most of your perceptions or knowledge about Asian Americans? So their choices are friends, TV slash movies, music, news, and 
so- social media. Oh, look, wait, there's more categories. There's school, colleagues, family. I think I got all of them. Okay. So this is the thing that floored me the most, right? So for Asian Americans, right? Asian Americans, number one is family. Number two is friends. That's kind of like a no brainer because they themselves are Asian Americans, right? And then, but here, this, here's the interesting thing. Okay. So now we go to white Americans. Number one, friends. Huh. Interesting. Right. Which, and I think we have to ask the question, what does friends mean? Mm-hmm. White friends or your one token Asian <laughs> yeah, American friend. Because <laughs> right. if you're relying on your white friends to tell you about, you know, Asian Americans, right? That's really different than if your friends were Asian American. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So number two for white Americans is TV, music, movies. Three is news and four social media, which is should be like no surprise. I'm like, I wasn't super surprised about that. But here's the shocker part, okay? So for Black Americans, and this I'm using the term that was in this survey, right? Black Americans and Hispanic slash Latino Americans. What do you guess the number one is? Mm, TV? Yeah. So the number one is TV, music, or movies. Mm-hmm. And that's one okay. cat. That's one category. Right? That's all in one category: TV, music, or movies mm-hmm. for both Black Americans and Hispanic slash Latino Americans. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and it then, sounds it sounds like Native Indigenous people are not included in this. Uh, you know what? I don't know what they did with that. Okay, but the categories are Asian American, Black American, Hispanic, Latino Americans, White Americans. Okay. Okay. Um. All right. So so I don't know. I don't know. You know, so number one for both of these groups is TV, music, or movies. Okay. Number two for Black Americans, what would your guess be? Hmm. News. Close. News was number three. Second is social media. Okay. So hmm. let, let me reiterate this. So for Black Americans, right? Number one, TV, music, or movies. Number two, social media. Number three, news. Hmm. Okay. And then for Hispanic, Latino Americans, number one, TV, music, or movies. Number two is friends. We don't know what friends is. Uh-huh. Okay. Number three is social media. Number four is news. So huh. very similar. And again, just as a reminder, white Americans, number one, friends. We don't know what that is. Number two, TV, music, or movies. And number three, news. Number four, social media. Okay. So what I'm hearing here is that yes. TV, movie, music is like where a lot of people are yes. getting their perceptions and knowledge about yes. Asian and, and Asian Americans and news. Okay. But primarily TV music or movies. So when we talk about why representation matters, yeah. all right. If your primary source of information that'll shape your perceptions or your knowledge about Asian Americans are drawn from these sources, right? Mm-hmm. This is why yeah. we need to have more representation. Yeah. More quality, I should say, more quality, more nuanced representation. Yeah. All right. Now, when it comes to our kids, though, okay, because, you know, if we go back to the Asian American category, number one, family, number two, friends, which is consistent with you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, how do we cultivate that with our own kids? Now, earlier, you mentioned uh, curating books. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how did you do that? And, and, oh my gosh, you said that took hella time. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's just sort of like finding books like mm-hmm. all the time. Where did you, and how did you go about that? Where did you find books? 
I mean, just like reading websites and like just scouring like everything, like mm-hmm. all the time, you know. And the, and I'm, well, I'm sort of I feel like there's this like this is whole, right? Because like there's I feel like there's now at least there's a lot more picture books, mm-hmm. and there's a lot sort of like teen, like young adult, but in this like middle grade piece, like there's like not a lot of books. You know? Oh, like uh, middle school. That, that's what you mean by uh, middle grade. Yeah, not quite middle school, but like not a picture book and not like a long oh, chap- yeah. chapter yes. book. You yes. know, like that middle area, there's like not very much. Yeah. You know, so I'm like calling through lots of things and there's, yeah, it, it's, it takes a lot of work and I spend a lot of time on the library website <laughs> requesting like a every you know tons and tons of books just to see you know see what they're like what they're about you know and mm-hmm. sharing them with my family but it's takes a lot yeah. of a lot of energy yeah i think um over the years and i and i've often reposted these over and over again right now there are a couple of books um asian american um book lists um and there's a couple of them that are children's book lists as well that I yeah. repost during during the holiday season. Yeah. And and it it is really I think really interesting because for me what I notice is there's a lack of young adult. Yeah. books. You know, there's been more recently, definitely more yeah. recently, but you know, there's a lack of young adult books, right? Yeah. So do you, so here's my question, do you read through all of this before you actually actually like bring those books into your house? I don't. I mean, I I I cannot there's like no way for me to <laughs> keep up like so, I mean, sometimes it's like I'm, I'm just going on like good faith about like what I read or like what I know about a particular author, you know, so it's sort of, right. but I mean, I think it's also a good conversation. Like to, <laughs> we were, I was going through and I mean, even like reading books that have like, that are like problematic, I think is really important and being able to talk through it with kids. Wait, what does that mean? Can Can you give us an example? Yes, I was reading, you know, um, the follow the sequel to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Wait, there's a sequel to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, it's called Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. And maybe you don't know about it because it's hella racist. Oh, <laughs> I do not know about this. Yeah, I mean, they like literally like. It's like I feel like this is like the language in the book is like they like call the president of like China and he starts saying like really like racist like abs- like not appropriate like you know the president of China said Ching Chong Ching like what like that. yeah and I totally like didn't even remember that that was in this book and I was doing it as a read aloud to like my my two younger kids and I was like hold up, you know, we have to talk about this because this is not okay and this is really problematic and this is yeah. why. Yeah. Um, so, but I think, I mean, those are like the kinds of things like there is out there, you know, in books and yeah. stuff. So I think yeah. being able to talk about that is like really important. Yeah. Okay, listeners, there's your PSA, okay? <laughs> so the follow-up to Charlie and Chocolate Factory, hella racist. I don't even know there's a follow-up. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, wow. you know, Charlie and Chocolate Factory is probably a little bit, a little bit racist, anyways. But I mean, being able to like talk about it with the with the, with the kids, anyways. Where did those Oompa Loompas come from? Come on. 
Yeah, and which reminds me of Avenue Q, which is all Muppets, and there's that song, Just a Little Racist. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to have open, you know, Mm -hmm. conversations, you know, about, Mm -hmm. like, what you come across and, like, what it means. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I think for me, you know, I also try to be very, very intentional, right? And... And I tried different things. So there was a period of time where I did, okay, this is Black History Month. So <laughs> we're going to read as many books about African Americans and the Black experience as po- as much as possible, right? So that entire month, right? Mm-hmm. I picked out books, you know, and all this stuff, right? And then Women's History Month, right? Did all of that, you know, in March, right? Then, you know, um, LGBTQ, you know, History Month, then like, um, you know, uh, Native American, you know, Indigenous, um, I think at that time it was like a week. It was like, <sighs> it's a weird like two weeks in November, right? <laughs> you know, uh, but I, we just made November the whole thing, right? And every month it was something like that. Right? Mm-hmm. I tried that approach. That was pretty fun, you know, mm-hmm. but I tried that approach, right? And then another approach was like, I would pick out a whole bunch of books at the library. And this is when, you know, my son was younger and I'd be like, which ones look interesting, right? You get to pick the ones, right? And then he'd be like, none of these, right? Oh. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, I think that, you know what? I know the cover looks kind of boring, but let's try. (laughs) Right? And he's like, we'd go, right? And, And so, you know... Well, that was when he was younger, right? And, you know, I haven't picked out books for him in a really, really long time. And what's interesting is he loves like fantasy and sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And that, those two genres, I have no freaking clue. Mm. I've never read like, I mean, like maybe a handful of stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. I've never read stuff in there. I don't even know. Mm -hmm. Right. But from what I can tell, shout out to our, uh, to the podcast books of Boba. Right. And from what I hear from them, right. That Mm -hmm. there are some amazing Asian American authors. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I can only hope that he's reading, you know, sci-fi and fantasy that has some really interesting characters, right? Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, there's way more. Like, there's we're like getting into that now. There's like so much more now. It's like mm-hmm. really cool to be able to see and like to see the connections that like kids will make when they like, yeah, get to read this kind of stuff. Yeah. You know? Did you play Spot the Asian with your kids, or do you still play Spot the Asian with your kids? Mm, not really, because we don't watch TV. Wait, no, just in general. Like, it's not even TV. It's like you're, like, driving around someplace and it's like, oh, look at that Asian person on that billboard. You don't you don't play that? Yeah, we don't play it's that. It's just me. Dang. It might just be you. <laughs> on a billboard, really? Yeah. You don't you don't get that out where you, where you are? Not really. Maybe because I'm in the Bay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's a little bit, like, hard to place right now because, like, my kids are so little and, like. We travel like in a one mile radius of our house. <laughs> I have no shame. I'm I'm still to this day like, oh, look at that Asian person, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like it's like I think it, it's interesting to see like how how much like things can like 
shift and evolve because like my kids will kind of be like but how do you know they identify as asian american oh touche good job kids good you are correct we should ask them first like good job did you did did you tell them did you talk to them about racialization (laughs) (laughs) not not in so many words but they they are understanding it (laughs) yeah yeah no i just i taught my class last night and i literally like spent about five minutes talking about racialization so like the process by which identity is you know that person a person or a group you know becomes ascribed to a racial identity right oh me and why not you know (laughs) right and and i so i think that at the end of the day i do believe that representation matters and i think that for sure for me right being able to help my son and other kids and even my students right Mm -hmm. in my in my class right see that there are really what it is is that there are their stories their histories their experiences and others you know that they haven't heard of they haven't learned of right are represented Mm -hmm. and and that you know there is a sense of themselves reflected back in some ways because ultimately for me, it's about being seen, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's about being affirmed in some way. It's about mattering. It's about their stories and their experiences mattering, yeah. right? And for me, it's like mainstream media is not going to do that for them. More mm-hmm. and more so they are, okay, you know, but I am not going to wait for, yeah. you know, Hollywood to affirm yeah. Right. My experiences and my identities, you know, yeah. for my kids. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think, you know, being able to see many different versions, mm-hmm. you know, is like really important because, you know, right. I can imagine, you know, if my six year old was like watching Sesame Street, like he would probably be like, I'm not Korean American. Like, mm-hmm. I don't play electric guitar. Like, I don't eat dokboki. Like, Right. That's not me. Yeah. You know, in a really sort of like, you know, simplified Mm -hmm. like six-year-old way, which doesn't mean it's not important, but, you know, Mm -hmm. I think there just needs to be more, you know, more stories and more More voices Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. to present all the different ways, especially, you know, of being and, you know, living an Asian American experience. It's so varied. So I think, I think at the end of the day, you know, this is, you know, really important to see, you know, especially like on a mainstream show like Sesame Street. And, you know, I hope there's more and more stories and more voices like entering into kids, you know, kids, TV, movies, mm-hmm. media, young adult, medium adult, I don't know, <laughs> all the different mm-hmm. spaces. I think it's all really important. Yeah. And, and, uh, and especially, and, and there's just this one tidbit I had to also mention that just kind of like blew my mind. Is that the other reason why I kind of want to watch Sesame Street too is not only to see Ji Young, but Ji Young's puppeteer is also a Korean American woman. Mm, that's awesome. Kim, okay. That's so awesome. Which I, so to me, actually, that is even equally, if not more amazing, because they decided to cast to hire and cast a Korean American puppeteer mm-hmm. to do her thing for a Korean American puppet. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, that is amazing. Yeah. I hope there's some Asian American folks in the writer's room too. I think that's another like piece that's like yeah. really important too. But like Fantastic. Yeah, yes. all of those voices. I hope is- so. Yeah, is important. So that's what I'll be doing on Thanksgiving Day. And according to this <laughs> New York Times article, you can watch it on HBO Max, local PBS stations. And all right, there's going to be some, some special guests. I feel like I'm advertising Sesame Street now. <laughs> uh, the episode will be called See Us Come Together, a Sesame Street special. will also feature our fave, Simu Liu and Naomi Osaka. Woot. Okay. So shout out to Shang-Chi. And then also... <laughs> Um, Naomi Osaka for her tennis playing fabulousness. Okay. So that's what I'm going to be doing. And <laughs> maybe, maybe this will be the first time your kids watch Sesame Street. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. They'll <laughs> <laughs> be like, what is this? What are these creatures? What are these creatures? We don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so I'm super excited. Um, and <laughs> thanks for chatting with me about this. I was just like, who do I talk to about this? Yeah, like, yeah I'll tell you. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it'll be, it, this is definitely a fun conversation. Thanks so much, Don. And for all of our listeners, um, if you want to keep in touch with us and share your ideas, reflections, thoughts about this, you can find us um, on Instagram at From Here Podcast. And uh, please uh, leave us some love notes in your favorite podcast listening platform. So we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye.